want you to make Brian Campbell feel welcome as he comes and shares his testimony. So I have a verse that kind of relates with my testimony. It's uh, 2 Timothy 1.5. I am reminded, sorry, you can hear it a little better now, huh? Uh, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. So I, most of my life, I didn't attend church regularly. Um, when I was about five years old, my mother and brothers uh, went to church. My mother took us to church, and uh, when I was eight or ten years old, my grandmother gave me my first Bible and read verses to me. Um, later, when I met my wife and we were engaged and we attended her church and through the first, for a couple of years until our son was born, we attended church. Uh, but I never got that understanding of being saved, the salvation. I thought through being a good person, I tried the best to be a good person and, and do good works, and, and uh, that would be good enough to get me to heaven. So I'm even, I remember even maybe I would do something that I felt wasn't quite right, and, and I would ask for God's forgiveness, and then I would do better. But I really didn't understand the important link that uh, Jesus Christ uh, is needed in order to connect us. Uh, to get our salvation. So, um, so I'm jumping ahead to uh, the chain of events that led to my salvation. In uh, 2008, my father passed away, and uh, my mother, shortly after, began attending Sailorville. And uh, in 2009, October 2009, through the help of Pastor Pat in the church, uh, she was saved. And so then, uh, 2012, on her birthday, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, so she went through the, those tough ordeals of going through surgery and chemotherapy and radiation. It was about a year-long ordeal, and so then f she was in remission, and uh, during that time, uh, it's, now it's 2014, uh, end of March, uh, Easter's approaching, and uh, my mom asked for, uh, asked us to attend church, so we thought, well, sure, that'd be great, we'll, we'll go to the Easter, Easter, uh, uh, go to church Easter Sunday and then uh, my granddaughter was visiting us and she wanted to see the Easter Bunny so we go to the mall and we get in line there's like a, a long line I mean it was like 45 minute wait to see the Easter Bunny we're next in line and lo and behold the Easter Bunny needs a break <laughs> so we, we're, we're thinking this is a short break okay I guess it's a restroom break you know well, the short break turned into a long break, and so we just kind of, we gave up and went home. But my wife was determined that her granddaughter was going to see the Easter Bunny and get that picture with the Easter Bunny. So 
we missed that Easter Sunday. Very shortly after that, uh, I think it was later that week, um, we learned that her cancer had returned with a vengeance and was through her entire body. Um, and I remember they gave her a short time to live, and I remember one day she asked me, why has God chosen to take me? I had no answer. <laughs> um, but that led me to search for answers. And uh, that's when Mom invited me to church here after nine months of deep depression. And I finally felt I was ready to, do, to come to church. Um, and then Pastor Pat um, offered to meet with me and then later to uh, do Bible studies with me. I was very busy, but he offered to, I could, we could do that on lunch break. I said, sure, that sounds great. So we went through several Bible studies together, and I learned that how important it is that Jesus Christ is our link, is our connection that through salvation, that's the only way is through Jesus Christ and not doing good works, not doing, being the best person you can be. Those are really kind of in reverse order. You, you're saved first, and then you, because of that, you do good works. And so we, it was coming up Easter again, the Thursday before Easter, and Pastor Pat uh, says to me, Brian, what, what is stopping you from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I said, nothing. <laughs> well, he says, well, then why don't you? <laughs> so I, I had actually been contemplating that here's this Easter, and I'm not going to miss another Easter. <laughs> so um, I, I said, well, I'm going to do it on Easter Sunday. He goes, you're, you're going to schedule your salvation? <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm so busy at work, I need time for my brain to kind of uh, have time to, to really meditate and think this process through. And I just wanted to feel that real deep connection with the Lord and to really feel that. Sub and, and, I, and I know I do my best thinking when I'm in that subconscious state. So that Saturday night, I, I meditated and prayed. And uh, lo and behold, that next morning, I... I really felt that I was saved, and it uh, it's, it was such a relief. It, like the like so much weight was lifted off of my shoulders because um, I had a lot of stress related with work. But and immediately I just felt uh, the the effect it had on me and how it changed my life. And my friends and family even mentioned that they noticed that I was that I was changed. Uh, so um, that leads us here today and I, I you know I would encourage any of those who have, haven't been saved and thanks, this is a week of Thanksgiving and don't wait till something catastrophic happens in your life seek salvation um, so I would encourage you to do that and Thank you. Amen. <laughs> In
Emily Burkhardt, is she out? There she is. Come on up here, Emily. Make Emily feel welcome as she comes on up. Thank you. Um, I so appreciated Brian's testimony, um, mainly because it kind of ties in with my testimony tonight, um, that people are searching and that God can use circumstances of your life that are tragic or just normal circumstances to bring you to him. And um, that's what God is teaching me. Um, I feel like I shouldn't necessarily be up here. Um, definitely not a qualified evangelist or um, what you would say, somebody who's led lots of people to Jesus. Um, I don't feel like I have it all together. But I'm up here because God is working in the hearts of people and answering my hesitant prayers for opportunities. <clears throat> um, several events in the past months and years have really impacted my life regarding sharing my faith, and all of it has to do with Sailorville Church. Um, a couple, I think last year in the winter, there was a panel up here of people that had different stories about people that they've shared with, and Lori Tashner came up and mentioned that she had seven friends that were consistently praying for her. Uh, for opportunities to witness, and that really impacted me, and I began praying with two of my friends for opportunities for each other um, to share Christ, and um, just Chuck to clean in many areas have, has impacted me, but just especially regarding asking questions of people and just asking questions and after question after question until it seems natural to ask them questions about their faith in God. And um, also many testimonies from people who have been saved who were actually searching for God. So many of the baptisms that we hear at church, um, people are actually searching for God or reading their Bible I, um, or asking themselves questions about God and thinking things about him that kind of opened my eyes that people might be thinking things about God and it's okay to talk to them about it. Um, and then finally, a question in the sermon notes a few weeks ago was, how can you start revival in your church that begins in your cell group? And I was really challenged by that question and we taught the ladies um, in our cell group had talked, and we wanted to start praying specifically for opportunities to share Christ with people in our influence. So now comes the story about Bill. Um, in June, we started an insurance process for getting Harper, our little five-year-old girl, into feeding therapy, and it was a really frustrating process. We tried for four months to get her to have an in-home therapist that would come and be approved for insurance so that we wouldn't have to drive to Iowa City. But after three months of frustration and a denial from our insurance, we resigned that we were going to have to drive to Iowa City. And over the course of the next of three weeks, we spent three hours a day in a room with Bill Weaver. Um, a few days, I had asked him if he went to church anywhere, and he said no. I, I said, what made you stop going? And we had a little conversation about that. 
And I wanted to talk to him about more about spiritual things. Um, he's a real nice, open guy. And um, a few days later, I, I wasn't sure how to bring it up. So a few days later, I said, God, please give me an opportunity to witness. And I was sitting right across from him. And I'm a person, when I pray for opportunities to witness, I say, God, please give me an opportunity to witness. (laughs) But literally in five seconds, the next phrase out of his mouth was, so what did you get your degree in? Well, having a Bible degree has never really gotten me anything. (laughs) in life, but it did that day, and um, um, it led us into a conversation about whether he believed the Bible, about why bad things happen to good people, and I was able to share God's purpose for the world, to have a relationship with God, and to enjoy him, and how sin destroyed that purpose, but God, but Jesus was the gift that reconciles us to God. A few days later, I went back to Iowa City with a book that Pastor Pat had allowed me to borrow, and it was called If God is Good. And I gave him a few post-it notes of verses that he could look up. And um, the way he talked to me, I could tell he didn't have a Bible. So the day that Harper graduated from her little feeding therapy, um, I said, Bill, you've been a real life changer for us, and I want to give you something that could really change your life. Um, that Monday we gave him a Bible and a Chuck study and I gave him the link for the, the Bible studies online and um, asked him if he would he said he goes to church on Christmas so um, I said, gave him a church recommendation from Pastor Pat and um, said you know if you if you're looking for a church on Christmas, would you consider going to this one? So please pray that for Bill and his wife Heidi that and their two boys that they would go to church that Christmas. And um, I'm not sure if all the insurance problems and frustrations were just so that we could go and meet Bill. But I'm thankful for such an immediate obvious answer to prayer and God's willingness to let me see him on a bigger scale and for allowing me to be used in sharing the gospel with Bill. God is at work in the lives of people. Hey, let's pray for Bill right now and his wife, Heidi. God, we thank you for answered prayer. We thank you for Emily and praying for an open door and walking through it. We pray for Bill. We pray for Heidi. We pray that they would go to church, that they would look up those verses in your word, and they would come to a saving knowledge of you. Thank you for the boldness of Emily and this opportunity you've given her. We're grateful and we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you would resonate with Emily and say, I don't feel qualified or I don't feel like I have everything together? Okay. We all, it's often been said, why does God choose or why does God use people that aren't qualified or don't have it all together? Because that's all there is. That's what we are. And we're faithfully at relying on the Holy Spirit of God to save people and to be a part of it and to ask him and to take the opportunities when they come. 
Hey, the night's not over yet. We're going to hear some more testimonies, sing some more time together. But right now, we're going to take a five-minute time to uh, get up out of your seat, say hi to someone, have a conversation. There's also treats in the back still in the coffee cove. If you want to go back there and grab some, we're going to meet right back here in five minutes. That five minutes went by quick, I know, but go ahead and make your way back. As you're moving there, we have just a couple of, um, we're going to have a watch a video in just a moment here. And then following the video, we are going to uh, be taking up our Harvest Praise offering right when the video is done during a song. Now, a couple of the ushers said uh, we should probably sit for that song, but it's one of those songs that's really hard to sit down for. So I said, our, our people are smart. I think they can stand and pass a plate, right? You can do that. So that's what we're going to do. But maybe uh, you just let the plate, the, plate pass, excuse me, the plate pass by because you've taken advantage of some other opportunities to give. Maybe you've seen that by way of email. We'll throw them up here behind us as well. Do we have a screen that shows us the options for giving? There they are. Okay, so you can text to give, which you see that number there. You can send the text to that number. If you haven't set it up yet, you can set up your debit card through that number and then push harvest and the amount, and you can just text uh, th right through that. We've been told actually standard text messaging rates do not apply, all right? So this costs you nothing to give that way. So you can text it in. You can go to your giving account online, sign up there, or you can do it the traditional if you're a classic person and just want to give through check as a, or money order, whatever that is, as the offering plate goes around, uh, you can do that. So we're going to take that right after this video. We're really excited. Uh, we put together just a short video of our Engage Network, the churches around here, as we anticipate and look forward to God making more of these churches, building his kingdom and building his spiritual house uh, by raising up leaders right here. So let's watch this video together. If Jesus was willing to humble himself without sin, how much more should you and I be humbling ourselves with sin? I like to think of preaching and, and why it's important is that the work that's going on here today, I pray, and this is why we're so serious about it here. He does a work through preaching, through the proclamation of God's word that, that it would take 200 men to do or women to do on their own individually, one-on-one. -on -one. So there are massive things going on. What one little voice is multiplied. salvation's all about grace. Did you know that? Salvation is all about the grace of God in your life. Let me ask you a question. Is there any, in, anything inherently good about you? Anything inherently beautiful and precious and wonderful where it's just like, well, I mean, God's got to choose me. 
I mean, look what, look what, look what I am. Look how beautiful I am. Look how successful I am. Look at how, how many accomplishments I've made in my place of work or in my family. I'm just going to tell you right here, stop. The grace of Almighty God is why you're saved. Amen? And the more you know that, the more excited you're going to be about worshiping and lifting your hands when you sing to Jesus because you know it's all of grace. Amen? Well, the gospel is an invitation to those who are at the crossroads of their own lives. And it's for the people who say, paths lead to places, and the path that I'm on right now is never what I would have written out in junior high about where I wanted to be in my life. And so what God is doing is He's taking the gospel at, through me, through this church, through His Word, through His Son, and He's bringing the gospel to you at the crossroads of your life, and He's inviting you to come to Him But to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. There's your family. There's your family. Make no mistake, it is God's family that you need this morning. And God provides the way of his family lineage through Jesus Christ. Would you stand with us as the answers come this evening? Let's go ahead and pray together. Thank God for what we've just seen and what he's doing in our area here. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm humbled as I watch that video. I'm humbled that I get to be a part of that, a small part of what you're doing here. And thank you that you use, as Pastor Brad said, just messed up, unqualified people to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, we must decrease and you must increase and we want to see more of you. We want to see more people, more like Jesus here. So God, help us to give with cheerful hearts. Help us to give of not just our money, but ourselves to those around us. And help us, Lord, to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us. And God, you, you're the God of all hope and you fill us with all joy and peace and believing so that we can abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, as you work, I pray that we would see and be amazed and be in awe of what you're doing, that you choose to use us. Thank you, God. It's all about you. It's all about your grace. And we give thanks to you tonight for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening, Sailorville. Good evening. <laughs> All right, so my name is Sarah Sipperstein. 
Uh, and I just want to share for you uh, something that God has done in my life this past year. Uh, I'm going to start off with some scripture that most of you are pretty familiar with. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lead on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So that's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. So just as a foundation, this past year I went on my third military deployment. However, it was my first year on a deployment as, you know, be, after being saved. Um, so, sorry. So Sailorville, uh, I'm very thankful for Sailorville Church and all of its members. You guys were a huge encouragement. To start off my cell group, um, I'm going to acknowledge them, the Willies were the leaders. And they threw a going away party for me. Uh, all of my friends and family were able to attend and just kind of see how Sailorville was so loving and what a gospel-centered church is really about. They also sent me with a stack of envelopes, and in those envelopes were instructions. So, for example, open when you're sad, open when you're anxious, open when you miss your mom. <laughs> uh, and just in, in the envelopes were note cards that were really encouraging. Some of them were jokes, you know, like little dad jokes, and some of them were just really encouraging passages of scripture. And I tell you, when, when you're having a really bad day and you open one of those, that just, I mean, it just makes your day. It totally changes your outlook. Uh, they also made sure that there was, there was a sign-up for me to receive a care package on a monthly basis. And if you have a soldier or know a soldier or are a soldier, you know that mail is like the most exciting part of the day. I don't care what's in that box. Uh, I just care that somebody thought about me. So it was really encouraging just to know I had people here um, thinking about me and praying about me. Also, kudos to Sailorville's media presence. I was able to, to uh, stream all of the services. And uh, we also have a Right Now media subscription, which was really helpful to my time and you know how I spent my spare time. Secondly, God grew me a lot. Um, I was not really sure how I was supposed to serve the Lord in such a unique environment. And what I did miss the most was being able to connect with other women in the church. So I prayed, you know, to the Lord, how can I serve you? And he put it on my heart to launch a women's Bible study. Uh, there's a picture right there. Um, and so I started a women's Bible study, and we met on a weekly basis. The most amazing part was we would put out prayer requests and every single one, I'm not making this up, every single prayer request that was put out was answered, usually within the week, and in one case, instantly, like within 20 seconds. So what a better way to prove God's existence or presence, especially to those who aren't sure where they're at in their walk with God. So for anyone who knows me, I'm an introvert. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like, uh, you know, sticking my neck out to try to be social. Um, I'd much rather just be, you know, in my own introvert little world. But by making me uncomfortable and stepping outside of my comfort zone, God grew me by leaps and bounds, more than I could ever imagine. So God makes you uncomfortable in order to glorify himself. And that would be my challenge to you, that next time you're in a trial or just a situation where you're not comfortable, uh, think about how God's using you to glorify himself.
that's all I've got. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, we're going to hear lastly from our, wasn't that great first? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Praise the Lord. Oh, man. That's so exciting. And what a job of the body of Christ helping someone in need of our own that's way like that. That's so exciting. Uh, lastly, we're going to hear from our own uh, Chuck DeClean. And I'll just let you take it from here, Chuck. Thank you, Brad. Very interesting in each of the testimonies that we just heard. I think I could identify with each one of them, Brian's testimony of salvation and the joy and the freedom that he experienced. That was certainly refreshing. As Emily shared her, what would I say, humility in sharing the word of God, I could identify with that a hundred times over. And then interesting enough, as, as uh, Sarah shared her military part, of course, that was big in my life as well. But she actually used the word that I want to use. And let me just share, because Brad asked me to share a little bit on how I was led to North Ankeny. So I'd like to share that by way of a, a story. But lately, as I share, it seems like God gives me certain words that try to capture what I want to say. Remember in missions conference, as it came to a close, I said there were several words that stood out to me, and I'd like to add a word. But... The first word was sent and be sent. Certainly a church that wants to be used by God has to think about sending people. Then we talked about the word goodbye, which actually is connected to those that churches have to say goodbye and even painfully so, so that there might be some new hellos welcoming people into the kingdom wherever they're sent. Then Sarah used the word. This is unique to me because this is the word that I wanted to use. She finished with it, uncomfortable. And I thought to myself, if there's any a word that needs to help us understand on how we grow, this is actually a good word. I wrote down, a church, if it is to be used greatly by God, must be willing to send, must be willing to say goodbye, and must be willing to be uncomfortable. What do I mean by that? There's a story that has meant a lot, and this will help me get into maybe what I want to share. It's the story that of, of Mark 5 of an individual that was demon-possessed and Christ cast out the demons and his life was remarkably changed. It's a tremendous episode. But at the end of that story, it says this. As he, Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed kept begging him to be with him. You could understand that. This man didn't have a friend in the world. And he was begging Jesus, can I just go with you? I understand that. But he would not let him. Instead, he told him, you go back home to your own people and you report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So he went out and began to proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and they were all amazed. 
as we looked at that man, I would submit to you, it would have been a lot more comfortable for him to get in that boat with Jesus than to go to these cities and proclaim the name of the Lord. Yet he moved in an uncomfortable manner to accomplish what God wanted him to do. I wrote this. I think many a church, many a pastor, many a disciple loses out on rich blessings by choosing being comfortable over God's will. The New Testament is filled with men and women who choose to be led by the Spirit of God over being comfortable. As I think through how God has led Diane and myself, I wish I could say I've learned perfectly how to be uncomfortable and be led by the Spirit, but that would be a lie. All of us are learning that, but we need to learn it. Most of the time, God works powerfully when we're willing to be uncomfortable so we can be filled with the Spirit of God to accomplish His will. As I look back in Maryland, where I received my graduate degree, we had a choice. Diane and I had a choice to make. We could either go to a church that's already established there without raising support and be well-established, or... We could come to a mission church in Iowa where we would have to raise support. Now, a number of factors worked in that decision, but Diane and I chose to come to Carroll, Iowa, and their minister for a number of years. I am so thankful that we went to that city some of my most precious friendships and stories of salvation took place in that city. It wasn't the most comfortable thing to do, but it was the right thing in God's will. When we were in Carroll, after we ministered and the church became self-supporting, Diane and I had another choice to make. Diane went to a conference, a ladies' conference there. She came back to me and said, Chuck, I just want you to know that wherever you feel led to go, I'm willing to go. My mind, although I loved Carol, I wondered if I couldn't be used in another place in the world that would promote God's program. And so by God's direction, we decided to raise support to go to a country that we didn't know, to learn a language that we did not know, to be involved in a culture and customs that we knew nothing about, to an unknown people. That probably wasn't the most comfortable decision to make, but it was the right decision to make. I just heard from a friend in Ecuador a young man, almost like a son to me, said, I can't wait till you get here in January because you're coming back on a yearly basis. Is still part of my discipleship program, so we're looking forward to it, and I am too. I love the people of Ecuador. So now we ended up in Sailorville. I love Sailorville. 
We've worked here a number of years. And uh, as Pat sort of shared a little bit, on, uh, he gave Adam permission to talk to me at a coffee shop. And uh, that should have been a little suspicious because we ended up at Caribou Coffee. I'm there all the time. <clears throat> when I went out with Adam, I didn't know Adam. And uh, I thought when I sat down with Adam that we were going to talk about probably he desiring to grow in evangelism wanted to talk to me about, well, how would I do this in a new church plant? That's what I thought the discussion was going to be. So I sat down with him and not knowing Adam, I told Diane, hey, I'm going to coffee with Adam. We didn't think another thing of it. As, we, as I sat down there, Adam, first of all, presented to me the need in North Ankeny, which was huge. And I knew that because I do visiting in North Ankeny. I knew all of the construction that's going on up there. And his desire, how he felt like he was called to go to North Ankeny to reach people there. And why he did. He shared the whole thing, which you'll have a chance to hear at some point. There was a great opportunity. Another thing that Adam shared, he said, in this new work that we're going to start, I want to be missions to be a highlight. And then he started to hint at the idea that, Chuck, I think I'd like you to be a part of this work. And he said, I could see you helping me in evangelism and reaching people. And then I would love to send different ones, including yourself, to different mission fields and help that as well. He really had a heart for missions. Well, that sort of drew me in a little bit as well. Then he talked about the opportunity to work with him to develop the heart of a church that would be like the heart of the churches in the Engage Network. And I thought that would certainly be a great privilege to get in on the groundwork of forming a new church that would have a heart like this church. And I thought that would be a great privilege. So I thought through, and actually as he spoke to me, I was greatly humbled. Because you see, Diane and I had a plan. We figured, well, hey, Diane's working full time. I'm working full time. If we work hard over the next couple of years, we could pay the house off. And then maybe I could work here at Sailorville part time and we could ride off into the sunset right out of Sailorville Church. <laughs> when I heard Adam's plan, I was greatly humbled that somebody would like to have the help of a 68, young 68-year-old <laughs> and his wife to help out in a plant. I thought, this is a privilege. It's much like I went to the foreign mission field. I thought that was the highest promotion I could ever get. I almost felt the same way when Adam was talking to me. Whoa! So I have to be honest. By the time I finished talking with Adam, I pretty much knew what God wanted me to do. 
Adam said, I want you to think about this. I, I could have said to Adam that day, I don't need to think about this at all. I'm in. But I wasn't going to say that. I have a wife. <laughs> so I went home, and I shared with Diane what took place. I'm sure it wasn't on the top of her agenda about switching plans here. But we prayed and we thought, this may not be the most comfortable change, but this was God's desire. All the way through, as you go through, to me, it's far more valuable to choose God's will. So I think back, the former demon-possessed man was lovingly pushed by Jesus to pursue a humanly uncomfortable plan. The results? So he went out and began to proclaim in Decapolis, which means ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. Someday, I want to meet that man. That story has moved my heart on numbers of occasions. He lovingly pushed into a humanly uncomfortable plan, but it was God's will, and God certainly got the glory, didn't he? My thought. I feel like Diane and I are being lovingly pushed towards North Ankeny. Has Sailorville really arrived as a church? I hope you would say to that, I don't think so, because that would be the right answer. A church that wants to keep moving for God will be a church that learns we haven't arrived. It will be a church that sends out more people. It will be a church that says goodbye to more people. It will be a church that willingly would become uncomfortable for the gospel's sake and say to God, God, more than we want to be comfortable, we want to do your will. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Brian. Those were tremendous testimonies, all of them, were they not? We should thank the Lord for those testimonies tonight. And um, great ventures require great sacrifices. And I said it several weeks ago, and I will say it again. Many of you need to go with Chuck. And I'm not going to tell you who you are, 
every time I think many need to go, and then I hear of somebody who's interested, I always think, but, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great challenge, Chuck. This isn't about comfort. It's about doing the will of God. And so... This is another night to be thinking about what you're going to do. I asked you, I told you a few weeks ago, chill out, enjoy your Thanksgiving, enjoy Christmas, and we'll get after this thing earnestly here a couple weeks after Christmas, and we will. But there are some of you, no, there are many of you that need to go. And I'm praying you will. I'm praying you'll go. And that God will make the right ones go to make that place go for Jesus Christ. More people, more like Jesus. Amen? So, super grateful. I hope your hearts are full of gratitude tonight as you move into Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for what I'm holding in my hand tonight. This is the Bible. Did you know that today is the International Day of the Bible? Today is the International Day of the Bible. And uh, here's what I got. If you'll notice, every one of those, see the Bible and all, see the Bible in these, any of these pictures? No, because it was YouTube that, uh, or not, U, it was version. I think we have another picture here, don't we? There we go, version. when we put that out. And who, <laughs> when you're using version, you don't use a hardback copy of the Bible. But I'm guessing, how many of you, by a show of hands, use an electronic version of the Bible? Okay, that's most of you. I'm raising my hand, too. And this isn't a pitch for either one. It's a pitch to recognize this book, be it through electronic means or the one you hold in your hand, is from God. It's from God. These are his promises. And I, I was telling my wife earlier today, I remember reading uh, just a little short biography of Francis Schaeffer, died many years ago now, but... Francis Schaeffer used to say, every once in a while I wake up in the morning, I look over and I see my Bible, and I just, I just pat it, I, I pat it, and I say, and I roll back into bed, and I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word. I hope you're thankful for the word of God, as I am. Um, and I'm thankful to you. You know, this, uh, this uh, leadership development program uh, has several steps that we take those who are interested in leadership, and we're going to be corralling those who are involved in leadership are going to be mentoring them to a place where some will become interns. Eventually, we'll identify residents. And a full-on resident for a year, uh, would, you know, we have a salary base for that of $40,000. And you just took care of one of those as, with an offering tonight of $41,275. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. So thank you. Thank you for your interest in this. And I really, this is a faith gift because you're giving towards something. You're, you're not, you don't see how this is going to, like I said earlier today, you don't see what this looks like. You know that this is a plan. And you might be thinking in your mind, it's an unproven plan. Listen, Paul said to, Tim, Paul said to Timothy, the things you've learned me from, you know, teach them to others that they might teach someone else. There's generation after generation. And this is, this is a plan to teach truth to these young leaders that God is raising up in our midst and across the Engage Network. And so if you haven't had a chance to give and you still want to give to this, this is great. We'll be budgeting toward these things, but this is a good start 
And uh, we're excited uh, because the other churches are giving to this as well. So I just want to conclude tonight with a word of prayer, and then we'll sing a word of praise because uh, no matter what you're going through and no matter what you're exalting in, Jesus is what? He's better. Let's all stand together, shall we? Our Father in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for this season of gratitude. Thank you for, for you, for being God who loved us, who sent his son as we've been looking at in recent days, who became a man, a human, so that he could die after living a perfect life and then taking upon himself all of our sin. And then he would raise victoriously from the grave, again as we have sung in, with joy. And we thank you for that gospel, that good news, and that people are coming to know Jesus as Savior. And we pray there would be a new season of salvation in the air, evangelism in the air, and that with those like Chuck going, that the vacuum would be filled with men and women, earnest, like Emily, in prayer, and commandeering others to pray with them and for them. And I need those prayers, Lord, so that you might open up new doors of opportunities and open our mouths to tell others about Jesus. That's why we're here, to give the good news out. Thank you so much for the offering tonight that we can begin to dream and then work hard raising up the next generation of great leaders and great church planners. Father, as we conclude our time tonight, help us to remember that no matter what's going on in our lives and across this room and those who would be listening outside of here, all kinds of experiences are going on. Like Sarah, there are people serving our country in foreign lands. And we have missionaries all around the world. Some of them are lonely, they're hurting. We have sick people. We have people, Lord, who are dying. Just heard of one of our widows who's just days, if not hours, from going to be with you. Some of them have very, very difficult lives that we're living for whatever reason. And then on the other side of the ledger, God, there are those among us who are just filled with joy. Things are going well. You're blessing in so many ways. Every day is a new venture, a new opportunity. There aren't obstructions there. So it seems they know trials will come, but they're happy in you. But God, help us to remember in this season of Thanksgiving, no matter what we're going through, good, bad, or otherwise, that Jesus is better. And may we sing with our hearts to that end. We pray in his name. Amen.